welcome to the Carbitrage Podcast, episode 156. Wow. I am Eric wow. Berger, <laughs> joined as always by my co-host Ryan Sinitsky. Hi. And Jana's here. Hello. Hello, guys. We're finishing our, our pizza oh, the for pizza is so tasty. Yeah, it is still 3.14.20 today when we're recording yeah. this, so yeah, they'll hear it in a week. It's also, it was 150, so 3.1415. Nine two six five three five. At some point during our recording, it was actual pie. Yeah, it was. Anyway, you can't so. say otherwise. Nope. Listeners, hello, welcome. <laughs> um, before <clears throat> Patreon, I actually brought a good beer. Um, I discovered this in my own timing. It is Trader Jose Dark, premium um, beer. Premium. Five comma three alcohol. This is the Trader Joe's Trader's no Joe. name um, dark Mexican lager. This is like their equivalent of two buck chuck, but beer. Yeah. Um, so a dark, buck, a dark Mexican lager is. Don't like tell Modi. It's like a, a little bit more of like a peppery sort of brown ale. Well, that'll so. go great with the peppery pizza blaze we've had yeah. for Pi Day. Do you want to crank that gain? Ooh. Very fine. Right. I'm um, going to steal your opener. Oh, oh if you want to do it, that's. Yours. Yeah, that's just Why fine. Why don't you talk about Patreon while I'm opening yours? <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> Head on over to patreon.com forward slash carbitrage. On that page, you will find a beautifully designed, although relatively lazily, page for you, content consumers, to support content producers like us directly. We have two open-ended levels of support. One is $1.50, one is $5. Those are monthly contributions. One is intended just to be a beer subsidy for us, and the other one will actually net you a little bit of swag. Head on over to patreon.com forward slash carbitrage. I do anyway. have to say that the Trader Jose is actually a dollar fifty, so it will it's buy. Not, not even a dollar fifty; it's actually a dollar and nine cents. So it'll. And like the hams Patreon. we drink is less than that, so I mean, legitimately, yeah. your actually buying contribution would actually pay for a beer a month for us. So if we get four of those people, it covers one of us. Yes. So we need. <laughs> so eight. we need eight of those people just to cover the beer, and then on top of that, eventually, maybe I'll be able to get. I haven't done the math on how many it would take to actually pay for my hosting fees, and then how many on top of that would to actually pay for equipment. We're, we're we never we going to make money. We, we, you don't, we're just trying yeah. to minimize the loss on mm. the beer. So anyway. Take, take a sip of this dollar beer. It's not very cold yet. No. But it's, it's pretty good. It's, wow, it's very mild. Isn't that good? It's a, I need to have more to form an opinion. <laughs> this is like one of my go-tos now. It's very good. Yeah, it's a good brown ale. That's what it is. That is like the, it has the the least aroma of any dark beer I've ever had. Mm-hmm. It's a really good summer dark beer. That's what it is. It doesn't have any of the low quality elements of a, mm-hmm. a really crappy beer finish. That's oh. pretty good. Yeah, it's actually for like a dollar. Like mm-hmm. I would happily pay two dollars for this. Come in sixes or twelves. Come in six. Nice. Mm. It's a really yeah. really good bottle of beer. Hmm. So. And like. What I love about it's actually made in Mexico, and it's in the Carbitrage Podcast Koozie. Mm-hmm. Which, if you are a patron, or even if you're not, come find us. I will give you a stack of these. <laughs> so, what I, I've always loved the Traders Joe's. Thank you. Um, uh, alcohol store, liquor store. Sorry, my yeah. brain. Farted. Liquor store. Um, liquor store because they have really cheap alcohol that's really delicious. Like, one of my favorite Moscatos is literally $5 there. For a bottle. For an entire bottle. Mm-hmm. And then That's all the good. beers, you can just open up the, the case and just grab one. 
like they don't have like just a section for you to pick out one beer like it's all price it's not a build so, your own six pack or anything yeah you can just go in get one beer and be done like open a pack and just grab one like yeah so you don't they have them priced individually and as packs that's how I actually discovered this, because I just grabbed one solitary bottle. So if you yeah. want to get one mm-hmm. bottle of beer for, like, a barbecue, mm-hmm. you can go to Trader Joe's with a dollar and... Trader's Joe. F- with, like, a dollar and 25 cents and walk <laughs> out, including tax, with your beer for the barbecue. Is it in a paper bag? Uh, no. Oh. You can get it loose. You could yeah. put it in a paper bag if you would like. I would, because however people sure are going to know. you can ask them for it. Yeah, you, I'm, I'm pretty sure they have a paper bag, so... <clears throat> Well, speaking of, this. of very cheap bottles of wine, I want to talk about Ferrari. Oh, yeah, Italy. Yeah, Italy. So as we know, they're going through some changes yeah. right now. Everybody collectively is a um, cold. Basically, the entire country is shut. Um, all the auto manufacturing stopped, like Lamborghini stopped almost a week ago. Oh. Ferrari, though, they were going to keep on keeping on because they, mm-hmm. they apparently had a lot of red marinara sauce that they just were dying to get through during lunchtime or something. But an hour ago... They finally announced they were going to cease production. Oh, oh wow. wow. An hour uh, ago as of Pi Day. So mm-hmm. 1 o'clock on Pi Day. Yeah. Uh, uh, about 1 p.m. Central Time on Pi Day. Ferrari's announced that they are uh, ceasing production on their uh, vehicle line until March 27th, which apparently oh, wow. is probably two weeks after like critical mass cases yeah. in, in yeah. Italy. So it's we shouldn't be surprised by this. And nah, I'm not even being an apologist for having a bunch of COVID news because I mean um, that's that's what's happening right now. There, Geneva was canceled. Yeah. Our auto show, auto there's manufacturing. There's nothing else to talk about. Right there now. isn't because nobody like, else is doing anything. It's like not talking about 9/11 on September 12th, yeah. 2001. Like you can't not talk about that. It's Pretty kind much. of the biggest piece of news. Silly Modi. Um, I want to actually talk about something fun. As I, I don't know if they're closed or yet, um, but. In Japan, there is a Suzuki Jimny Museum. Mm-hmm. No way. Yes. And this is the thing. Suzuki doesn't do one, ma- or one model museums. Really? So they just... This is one old, adorable old Japanese man that has an entire museum of all of his old Jimnys that he's ever owned. Does what? he have up That's through like current adorable. ones? Yes. He's got all these. If you click on that link. I'm working on it. This guy single-handedly owns all these chimneys. Oh, look at there is a new one right out front. <laughs> yeah. Ah, oh, the little icon on the side. I know. There. Isn't and then it there's cute? just one window for the oh, oldest the... one. Is that a Pusheen driving the new white one outside? Yes. Yeah, oh, I believe so. Sure. So oh, his name guy. is um, Anoe Shigiro, um, and these are all of his Suzuki chimneys so oh, that man. he put. He's got. Uh, 30 of them that he's owned. This collection probably cost him like 50 grand in total. Oh, probably. The building so costs more than this is. Oh, yeah. This is the best part, or not really the best part, but one of the funnier parts when he built this building, it's 7,105 square feet, which happens to be 660 meters. Oh no! <laughs> Which is the and that is the displacement in cubic centimeters <laughs> of a chimney. Yes, That's adorable. <laughs> this is like such a great building. <clears throat> so that white one right there, if you go to the Caucasian. top, that one right there is actually uh, one of the oldest ones. Uh, the Hope Motor Company originally made the um, like a, a chimney <clears throat> style car with a Mitsubishi Minica engine, um, and. Osamu Suzuki, which was the chairman of Suzuki at the time, 
bought the rights to that, and that's how the Jimny came about. That's for $440,000. Yeah, so he bought it, bought it for Did very little. Did he make little. that back? Yes. The tooling? <laughs> yeah, I think they made their money back. Um, there were uh, 15 built with uh, Mitsubishi engines, and made three with Suzuki engines. So that's one of 18, or, yeah, 18 in the world. I have to say, the only reason why I don't own a Suzuki Jimny right now is because... I knew a terrible kid in high school who had one, and he painted it like no, a Tonka truck. He had, he had a uh, sidekick. A sidekick. Okay, was, I was gonna say he had a Jimny in no, the state. Well, we did get it. We got Sight. the we had the Samurai. That was uh, well, and the Rocky. Yeah. Well, the Rocky was a Tahatsu. Yeah, I know. Um, but which but was, the yeah. Suzuki wasn't a Jimny. Is actually well, the Rocky wasn't a Jimny either. The Suzuki Samurai was actually a Jimny, and we actually did get the. But it Jimny didn't have here. the engine or anything. It had a larger engine. It was a yeah. fa- it was the same vehicle with a larger engine. It's not as cool. And we actually did get the Jimny in America in the seventies. It's not as endearing. No, but we actually did get the with Jimny. with the tiny engine. Yes. Ooh, was it for gardening only? No, it was actually ma- meant for the road. Nobody bought it. Can drive on the highway. Oh. Uh, <laughs> Or at actually, least shouldn't. The Dahatsu Rocky actually was not a Jimny. It was actually an Americanized version of a Dahatsu Rugger, which is a terrible name. Uh, but anyway, isn't this cool? Like, this guy's this oh, entire he's got garage. Right? He's got cutaways of Look how teeny the... the little drive shafts are. I know. It's, it's oh, so cute. I love wow. this. But yeah, I, honey, I thought you would really appreciate <clears throat> knowing that I one old man owns all these adorable Jimnies. He and really likes Jimnies. It's always owned. Like he literally bought one in 1981, ten years after they started making it, and then has owned nothing but Jimnys since 1981, and he owns he still owns all of them. That's awesome. That's amazing. Yeah, so he's got like all these special editions and everything. Aww. They're so cute. Yeah, I know, right? They're super cute. I hate cute. trucks. I would totally rock a Jimny. <laughs> yeah. yeah, this Jimny, is a perfect the truck. The only truck you need. Oh, they're all um, so cute. He also is a rally racer and has competed seven times in Safari Rally in Australia. And nine times in Paris to Dakar. Oh. Paris yeah. Dakar. So, very cool. Oh. And he actually took a Jimny on the Mongolian rally race. Props as well. to JNC for actually having photos in their articles. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's one thing I hate most is reading. So, I just like pictures. We always put in either a photo that's related or an actual photo of the thing we're talking about or something related to. Because, yeah, having just words sucks. Like, I, wanna, I need something to actually talk about. So yeah, there you go. Anoe Shigeru, just an adorable old Japanese man. So there you go. I now have a new Can foundation. Can I get to go that to wallpaper Japan. though? I know, right? For real, I want that wallpaper, like real bad. It's probably infringing on some pad or uh, copyright yeah. trademark or whatever. Well, oh, gosh. actually, Suzuki, um, they're <clears throat> huge fans of this because this like expands. Hopefully, they give him a Jimny for this or something. And they did help him with like a lot of like, the decoration of the building. So. I would hope That's that those really cutaway things are like old auto show prototypes that they just had sitting around and they yeah. gave them to him or something. I think every vehicle was actually his. I imagine the cutaways were probably ones that he owned where the body was shot and he just like restored the frame. I and, mean, that would be cooler, but yeah. I, okay. That man is adorable. He's got like his little Lacoste shirt on. Yeah. He's, like, <laughs> he's got his hands behind his back. Like he's Look like, at all my gymnies. The first day of school for a kindergartner when they're lining you all up and yeah. they're going through your name and you're just sitting there <laughs> twisting back and forth. He's like, these are my gymnies. <laughs> I'm like, ah, it's not a picture cheek. Yeah, it was adorable. Was like, that guy's oh. awesome. <laughs> So. Anyway, I want to move on to a story that's much, much less endearing. Um, St. Paul, Minnesota, where I live. Uh, we'll call it a suburb of Buffalo, Minneapolis. Yes. 
city streets, as you know, statutory limits, 30 miles an hour. Yeah. Highways, 55. Freeways, generally 65 or 70. Yeah. So, St. Paul, city streets, 30 miles an hour. They're coming out with a new Karen-based plan, and they're calling it, quote-unquote, 20 is plenty. Uh, and you can guess uh, what that means. <clears throat> no. The second I heard this on NPR, I want to let you know, I stomped on my throttle in fifth gear. Good. Until I reached 40 miles I have an been hour. belligerently hammering the throttle pedal on my streets. Like, Way more. I saw Peter's video of them unveiling the, the 25 mile per hour, and I'm like, it's physically hard to have a car drive that slow. Not St. Paul. And this was part of my actual caption here. Is this like a sick joke because they don't want to fix their potholed roads where oh, it's yeah, almost true. impossible to drive more than 20 on them? True. But then, and this was after I started typing, Minneapolis followed suit. Yeah. So keep in mind, this is only city-owned streets. It is not MnDOT roads. It is not yeah. state-owned. So it's not that many. But wh- why? I'm mean, like, just people that don't know how to drive and shouldn't be on the road and should be in autonomous pods, they're just scared of things that they don't know how to deal with, and they're ruining it for the rest of you us. You know what I think we should do? What? Out of protest, every single listener to Carbotage, when in the city of Minneapolis or St. Paul and driving on one of these roads, drive the speed limit and whatever RPM matches that speed in first gear. Or is just whatever RPM that is under your rev limiter but still allows you to do 20 miles per hour. That's what I'm saying. Do that. Unless your engine's cold, in which case just please just be as belligerent as humanly possible. I'm going to actually do that. Whenever I'm driving in any of my vehicles, I'm going to be in – because I know my van, first year goes to 30 exactly. So now I'll be driving at 5,000 RPM going 25 miles an hour and still going to five over. Rad. (laughs) Yeah. Yes. Like a dick. Yeah, that's I, stupid it's Tesla. Like, I have to drive the Fiat somewhere. I think you need to uh, take out your brother's Lamborghini and just drive that around in first gear at all times. What? <laughs> just <laughs> drive it past the governor's mansion nonstop. <laughs> wait, wait, why don't we just do that? Uh, where's the mayor? Where's wasn't the mayor there wife? an MN shittest meet last year or something like that where they just like they made this? plan to like just drive cars in a circle around it's like some shitty guy's house yeah. i was like doing something stupid that'd be hilarious i'm like i understand it's petty but also 20 is plenty what sort of horse shit is this where does um where, where does uh Ma- melville marvin carter what's his name melvin carter melvin carter where does he live uh, i'm sure scott will tell us yeah uh we we should actually plan an event where we just drive our cars i don't think this was limit. his idea but i also don't think he's this also been passed yet, yeah but maybe but, it I mean, has. he's also the one no it's been done like they've been doing it so yeah right. he he has the ability to stop that he's the mayor like you yell at the mayor for things like this so, i am hugely not a fan of this me, i think we should like we should actually just get like every okay. everybody we know we should just get to drive the loudest car past the mayor's house in first gear he lives so, on the east side. East side? All right. so that's so where I live. <clears throat> here's the thing. So I live off of Old Shakopee and Normandale in Bloomington. So Creepers, like, don't look that up. Yeah. Well, <laughs> it's going to be impossible to find my house unless you know me. And yeah, I you're have. not going to be able to find Janice's house. Yeah, she has a minivan in a neighborhood full of minivans. Yeah, and, so and never like, find it. there are three houses with my same oh, Scott address. Scott likes change. So, like, you're not going to be able to find my house. Okay. Well, if perfect. I give you my address, you won't be able to find my house. Um, yeah, anywho, but 25 is too slow. 
30 so is like, fine. I don't like 40. I'm not advocating for 40. But. Yeah, so on Normandale, the speed limit's 45. Mm -hmm. And on Old Shakopee, it's... They recently bit, raised yeah, it to 35. Yeah, we mentioned it was state-only roads. I understand. Um, and <clears> so <throat> when I'm driving the speed Wisconsin's limit on Normandale, mm -hmm. everyone's tailing me and going 60. Which is too much. Which is too much for... But I mean, and no. then on Old Shakopee, people are going... 45 mm -hmm. so i don't understand this like if you don't want to drive 20, 30 because don't drive 30 yeah it's a limit like that's the most that's the thing do. like <clears throat> just don't drive 30 miles an hour like on the streets by my house i mean my my street's too short to even do 30 yeah. I, I get that that for me it's not irrelevant. for the test yeah, maria yeah. though oh yeah i do 30 all the time but <laughs> but maria in order to get the green lights to go to work i have to do 37 miles per hour or more between my first stoplight and my stop sign otherwise i will not make the second stoplight in the morning yeah. i figured this out if they drop that to 20 I will have to really, really break the law yeah. to avoid this red light. To effectively and not make your, your commute an extra five minutes long. These Karens aren't going to go through and change stoplight programming to no. adjust for these speed Absolutely limits. Not. If they did, fine. I do not care. I legitimately don't care what the speed limit is. And honestly, I posted this in all the, the Jane Prince yeah. Ward 6 representative or whatever. I'm just like, this is a, a stupid idea. Yeah. Yeah. And I many Karens were like, ooh, drive like your kids live here. I'm like, that's fine. I'm like, I, I'm not advocating for 40, but 30 is not a problem. No, it's not. On a road with driveways. And there aren't driveways where I live anyway, except for mine, where people turn around all the time. I just want to really know that the uh, decibel limit in the <clears throat> state of Minnesota is 98 decibels uh, for your vehicle. So if you have a performance exhaust, as long as your vehicle is under 98 decibels, you can make... 98 decibels. I would say the vast majority of people that I notice, and this is in reply to a comment in our yeah. Twitch, uh, drive significantly less less than 30 in the morning. Yeah. Like, I get trapped behind people that are doing 23 to and 25. That's fine. That's fine. I, I, I that's, don't drive 30 everywhere. They're within their right to do that. But if I'm just saying, like, the speed limit isn't the issue. No. People ignore it whether they go too slow or too fast. The, yeah. Just changing this number will do nothing. There's well, no enforcement. There's no nothing. This is my thing. If I'm driving down Creighton... Okay. At midnight, mm -hmm. and there's nobody there. I'm the only car on the road. I'm not going 25 miles an hour. Hell no. No, no I'm going 30 to 35, if which it's is a road. It's just a reasonable speed. Where there is, that's when yeah. the speed limit actually matters is when there's nobody around you. Which is when you're most likely to be ticketed for it. Yeah. When that's it's what, safest. Yeah, when it's safest. So if I'm going to be driving down, also, they used a picture of what is this? This is Szechuan Spice. That's an uptown. So yeah, this is again a, Minneapolis followed suit. So yeah, and, but I mean that's and the they thing. showed twenty five. But this is a thing: is these roads here that they're showing, like you, you can't, can't go thirty. No. Like there on Lindale, mm -hmm. there's no way you're hitting thirty miles an hour. Right, but is there an issue if the, if you're going through at one a.m. and there's nobody around? Is there an issue yeah. with you going thirty on this road, no. which is four lanes? Also, wide? one second, they're talking about kids getting killed by getting hit by cars. Karen, your child should not be out on the road at 1 o'clock in the morning. If you're worried about your child getting injured by somebody going 30 miles an hour at also, 1 o'clock in the morning... It's distracted you, driving. One second. You need to not have a child because your child shouldn't be on the road at 1 o'clock in the morning when a speed limit actually matters. 
And again, the difference between a driver doing 25 and 30 miles per hour... It's nothing. When they're still texting both ways, not does gonna. not matter. Yeah. Your yeah. kid will get hit both ways. It, it, I, I, I'm still, I'm very much opposed to this. Yeah, this yeah. is a really and bad idea. Like, so, just like, I hate the signs that are drive. Like, your kids are here. Like, nobody is purposely driving. For, like, I'm just gonna tell you the first time I ever saw that sign. I'm like, what would I do if I, if I was a kid and I wanted to see a car? But I want that car to do a burnout. First thing I did, I looked at that sign, and did a burnout. Yeah. I drove through <laughs> right, like right after I got the 355 down here. Does anybody want this last slice? I was doing. No, I I would eat it, but no, it's. All right, thank you. <laughs> I, I did like a loop after I washed the 355 just to air dry it, and mm-hmm. there's a neighborhood down there, and I did a loop. I was in second gear doing 27 yes. miles per hour, and this lady runs out of her house with her shitty little kids playing in the front yard, yelling at me for going too fast. I stopped my car in the middle of the street. I'm like, I'm doing 27 miles per hour on the far side of the street. Your kids are in the yard. What is your problem? Yeah. Yeah. And no, she's no, just sure. like, I'm so. Don't have your kids play in the front yard if you're going to be that upset about there's it. There's that, and like, I am not breaking any laws. You just hate yeah. me because I'm in a bright red Ferrari. Yeah. That is... And I'm in second gear. <laughs> exactly That's why. Just... Go oh, fuck yourself. Once that you're going second gear, going 30 miles an hour, you're 27. going. It's 27, not even 30. And you're in second gear. Second gear uh-huh. is when you get that. You go into that at like 35, 40 ish. No, I mean the gears but, are I mean, pretty like, short, but I mean second gear is a totally reasonable speed. That's that what I'm saying. Does it? It doesn't run enjoyably at lower RPM. It just yeah. doesn't. Well, no. I'm, what I'm saying is going 25 or going 27. Thank you. 27. Going 27 miles an hour in second gear. Second gear, like I can understand making noise if you're going like 35, 40 is what I'm saying. But if you're going mm-hmm. 27 miles an hour in second gear, you're at a reasonable speed. For that gear. Reasonable speed. And it was like 2,500 RPM. Like it wasn't. Louder. I would have done another Again. pass around her house, except in first gear, going the speed that she wants me to go, which would be wherever my rev limiter is. I mean, first, first 30 <laughs> in that car is probably like 7,500 RPM or something like that. Perfect. Ooh. What is that rev to? 8,400. Oh I would. Gosh. I would do it. Just. <laughs> no, way. I live in a really busy neighborhood that also has a lot of kids, and they're always running around in the streets and stuff, and they're fine. And people speed down my neighborhood. Like, we have lower speed limits because it's a really windy, hilly neighborhood, Mm -hmm. and people don't go the speed limit, and we park cars in the street to try to slow them down. Exactly. And they skid to a halt when they see our cars. And I've had cars honk at my car, my parked car. the people don't go the speed limit thing, I agree with yeah. both you and Scott. They don't. No. Even right now, there is nobody that goes 30 in a 30. There are no. people that go 25, and there are people that do 40. Yeah. And there's JG nobody in between. It's, it's no. going to be the same price regardless. And again, yeah. there's no enforcement on these streets. Or not same price, the same speed regardless. I, I, yeah, when no. was the last time on a city-owned street you saw a cop clocking? It Never. does Never. not happen. It the worst happen. thing that happens is an angry person calls the city and they put one of those little police radar trailers there for a week, and that's it. Yeah. And then that's it turns it. into a game of high score. Oh, yeah. Whenever I see one of those, if my engine's warm, <laughs> I like to, to get the dashes. <laughs> yeah, where you're above yeah. 99. And it, it's just like, that's... My favorite like, one's 69 miles an hour. 
Nice. But yeah, like the speed limit isn't going to do anything. And it's really upsetting that people think it is. Yeah, it's just ridiculous. This is... Well, I mean, in Core City, to your point, it, like in downtown, the stoplights are so close between, it's impossible to do 30 anyway. I don't think I've ever gone in the third gear. I've downtown. never I've never seen a, a speed limit sign in these areas where they're proposing this change. Yeah. So it's like ridiculous. I'm just going to be ignorant and assume that statutory limits apply and that that still is 30 miles per hour. Yeah, it's it, it's ridiculous. And also the, and again, the, the thing there's is, never enforcement in these areas. Never. We should also state that if say you get hit by a vehicle going 25 versus 30 miles an hour, yep. You're still getting maimed. That's it, it's that a significant speed, impact. That speed isn't that big of a change. No. And, yeah, it's... This is a dumb idea. This yeah. is... A, a, the, the, the money could have been put somewhere else that actually matters. Like this potholes. is retarded. Well, so this is the thing, is that, Jan, you're right with potholes, because uh, Sybil, my friend who's been maimed the most on a bicycle oh, that yeah. I've okay. ever met in my life, <laughs> at least cars, twice like... a year, she's been hit on her bicycle or fallen off Jesus. her bicycle in the street. I mean, like, that's a big concern. I mean, pe- drivers do not pay attention, but the thing is... Drivers don't pay attention. No, and she's been hit by cars well, purposefully. Yeah, several like times. she, like yeah. I've it's never drivers seen anybody, are assholes. I've never seen anybody get maimed more on a bicycle than Sybil. Yeah, and she's been never been hit because somebody was speeding. She was hit because there's a Trumper that didn't like her liberal sticker on her backpack that yeah. doored her. Actual thing that happened. What a dick. I know, right? And she she only bikes within Uptown, so it's yeah. a really busy area that they decided to basically almost attempt to murder her and then, at this point. And then there was two, on two different accounts, she has sustained a concussion because she couldn't, Jesus. she couldn't move out of her bike lane and she hit a pothole. Yeah. That enveloped her bicycle wheel, <laughs> bent it, and then launched her over the handlebars. Jesus. On two different this accounts. This must have been St. Paul. No, this, no, this is Minneapolis. Minneapolis. A pothole that big in Minneapolis? Yeah, oh, all yeah. the time, yeah. Wow. Oh, we had one over at by my shop that we made goal just doing tires. Mm-hmm. So we did $4,500 in repairs for a week. Or, sorry, not for a week, for a day. Doing just tires and rebalancing wheels and replacing wheel bearings from cars that hit this pothole. And we have $4,500 in one day where we had nothing on the schedule. The first time it gets <laughs> to like 100 degrees and you see a section where the road is heaved and yeah. heaped up like that, there's like a line of cars, of cars on the shoulder with bent wheels on both yeah. Yeah. front and back. I'm like, that sort of thing happens. But the, so, the key to this, don't lower the goddamn speed limit. Don't be a dick to cyclists yeah. and pedestrians. So what they what they should do is this money they're spending making these signs. Why don't you spend that money paying for po- police officers to actually enforce these areas, actually enforce that the laws. That will stop people yeah. from speeding. And <laughs> use the rest of that money to fix the damn potholes so bicyclists don't have to bike in the middle of the lane. Anyway, I... I that's, we can go on that's that topic. Plenty of this anyway, topic. I am really not a fan. Moving of, on. Speaking of pedestrians getting maimed, the 1920s <laughs> was a terrible time for pedestrian safety when cars were seemingly made to try and kill as many people as possible with extra tall grills, extra big ground clearance, and 8,000 pound curb weights. Uh, what was known in the 20s is the peak of automotive design was the coach-built automobile. Mm-hmm. You had the Moliners, you had the Delahays, you had the Stouchecks, 
you had the Portos, you had all the best companies, the LeBarons, the Fleetwoods. That sounds like church bells at this point. <laughs> I can keep naming them for days. Uh, I miss the pre-war bell the most at the auto show. I know, mm-hmm. right? Uh, and now Coach Building can make a comeback because Yay. Bollinger is actually Ooh. releasing their SUV Ooh. without a body. Isn't it Bollinger? Oh. I don't care. Okay. Um, <laughs> they're releasing this without a body. So you're giving you a bare chassis with an EV uh, drivetrain and electric <clears throat> steering, which means you can make whatever you want on it. it so is you could tr- make a Cybertruck? Yes, <laughs> you could. Um, like Garage 54. Which actually, this is my favorite part about this, because that body does not do a whole lot for me. No, that no. looks like that weird F-350-based yeah. armored It looks like thing. Jeff. It does look like the Eagle Eye Hammer thrust, Jeff. The yeah. Eagle Jeff Eye Hammer, yeah. But that mixed with an H1 Alpha. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, it doesn't do a lot for me. I think this is the best thing that Bollinger can do is you can now, for $125,000, they're planning to just give you a bare chassis that you can then make a vehicle on to suit your needs. That seems and I love like that. way too much money for this, by the yeah. way. Well, I mean... 200 mile range. Oh, sorry. 125,000 miles for an electric truck. $125,000 for a 200 mile off range truck. Oh, okay. So that is for the full truck. It's not for the the full truck. Yeah. I want to know what this skateboard costs. Because, I mean, that's not sophisticated. Keep scrolling down. It's a two motor thing with an inverter and a charger and a battery pack. Um, Keep going down. They offer up to 180 kilowatt hours, though. Yeah. they, They don't say the price, I guess. But you know what? If you're if you're coach building a vehicle, price does not matter. <laughs> That's true. So my and this is a very conventional frame. Like you could yes. put this under almost anything. You could. My question is, if you got one of these, what would you build? Because I know what. Oh, I well, would you build. go first. I'll think about this. This is putting I, me on the spot. I would build basically a Art Deco, Duesenberg styled vehicle, that is now an off road truck, and okay. just as terrible. For pedestrian safety. Okay. <laughs> With 11-inch wide <laughs> headlights and a giant radiator. I don't know what I'm radiating, but I'm radiating. And well, I will have... Ba- battery and inverter heat. You still where, need a radiator. Where in a Lycoming inline 8 would sit would be additional storage space. No, it'd be a wet bar, actually. Oh. Um, inside... So an off-roading car <clears throat> with a wet bar? Yes. Okay. And in the back where the trunk would be, a gun rack. I have an okay. answer. I would make the perfect vehicle for the bourgeois. Oh, what would you make? Zamyad Z24. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be perfect. Just yep. take one and just bolt it just on. Just bolt it on and then just use it like you would a Zamyad. <laughs> I, would, I would make the most ridiculous Duesenberg truck. Jana, what would you make? I would recreate Jeff. She would make Jeff. So that she is would just, a totally fair answer. Imagine having would, a practical Jeff. She would yeah. basically just make a... The hammerhead eagle no a, a bollinger <clears throat> wagon she would just be making the thing that you could buy yeah <laughs> but like without but like the with the wagon yeah, yeah. with the topper yeah <laughs> and then a, a little It'd be like a, a little porthole at the top like like i'll just combine like a bunch of uh top gear uh challenges in one so it'd be like a camper in the back but like instead of it being like a nice lofty like master suite it's gonna be bunk beds does That'd it also right still have plastic lawn for chairs for driving seats? Yes. Yeah. Okay, good. They'd, they'd be mid, mid-height, mid like, yeah. Ferrari, no, like, Mysterosa seats. Look, like, you know those this, bunker cots? You would need the the high-mounted center seat. Oh, so, that, so that's mm. that's where uh, The inverter and charger. Yeah, yeah, this is like a, it's a Westphalia. 
Yeah, and then there's going to be, uh, on the sides, there's going to be, like, bunker, cot, military uh, bunk beds. Ooh, ooh. Another alternative to what I would make. The exact same thing, but instead of a wet bar in the front. Um, a I moist would, bar? I'd make a, uh internal combustion-powered uh, charger. And my internal combustion engine would be a patent tank engine. Oh, God. And then it'd actually be a coupe. It'd be a two-seater. So it'd look like a really big, gangly, off-road Bugatti Atlantique. Uh, I like my idea better. <laughs> I, think, I think I win this idea. Mine would roll coal. <clears throat> Mine would be used for hauling immense amounts of girders <laughs> improperly. <laughs> stuck on top of the roof, not even, like, hanging. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I have, I have a feeling this is not as durable as a Zamyad, so... We'll find out, won't yep. we? Yep, <laughs> we sure will. So, that is the most beautiful part of coach I mean, It's cool. I Your mean, dreams all, are now attainable. All modern electric vehicle platforms are skateboards like that, so it's yeah. cool that they're willing to sell you one. I'm actually really excited, because I do want to see <clears> these coach-built cars come out, and I actually would like to see more... Like I would like to see Tesla do this, where yeah. they will sell you just that. Why not? Because that's the thing, is Tesla is actually the Playboy car at this point. Like yeah. if and honestly, a lot of the uh, really high-performance third-party homebrew EVs, they're mm-hmm. based on Tesla motors. Yeah. So, so you could actually see a resurgence of the coach-built automobile with the EV platforms like this. I think that'd be I the coolest thing in the world because I'd love to see more of that. I want to see some more Portos and style checks. And uh, we have that low-production legislation now yes, where if do. you make fewer than 500 units you can do that that's cool this article i'm gonna do next doesn't have any pictures ah! <laughs> so anyway i'll i'll just tell you about it briefly so genesis the spin-off of hyundai kia that makes the lovely g70 one yep. of our favorite cars here on carbitrage company-wide they're instituting a policy where if you lose your job and you own a Genesis product that you own or you make payments on, they will make your car payments for up to six months if you get to be uh, terminated, essentially, if you're between jobs because of COVID-19. That's actually That's really amazing. cool. amazing. And I see a lot of this kind of stuff going around. In the computer world, I saw MSI extended all their manufacturer warranties that are going to expire in the next two months another two months. That's really That's just great. to make sure that nobody has to worry about you know dealing with stuff they really would rather not I'm worry about. I'm so. really glad companies are doing this because whereas other countries' governments are doing this for them, mm-hmm. we're, we're having able. companies that's like you know what, we understand you, we understand this is going to be. This a is tough actually time. capitalism working correctly. It's a rare event. We should and, all be very proud of everyone. I mean to. On the other side of the equation, like this costs them basically nothing to yeah. do, and it's a great press for them. Yeah, and Actually, really, like good the, for them. the circumstances that you would need to be in for this to apply to you are so minimal that yeah. it's it's worth doing. It, yeah. Well, not only that. Um, in addition to that, you're also going to mitigate any chances of you having your own in-house financing. Mm-hmm. Uh, go into default which is really yeah. important because you once people stop making payments you're not getting your money for it you now have a devalued vehicle yep that you just repoed <clears throat> right and now it's a and now you're relying on auction values well, and whatever that, condition it's you also in have a repo on the vehicle history which is about as bad for your resale value as a car accident oh really so, oh yep. yeah repos destroy vehicle value i wonder what tucker's old uh veloster went for uh absolutely nothing at all okay cool um well, anyway, I, good guy, Genesis. I 
thanks for doing that, even though it's yeah, know, a little but, bit on the ragged edge of, okay, you're just doing that to make noise. Yeah, but no, but it's, it's a cool thing to do. It's, it's better it's, than them doing nothing. Yeah. Reaching out and saying we understand is actually really important. Uh, so what I want to time. talk about here um, is the five best buys. Don't scroll down because we're going to make a game of this. Uh, the five best buys. Let me zoom in then so they can't see the top one. Yes. Uh, uh, of Amelia Island 2020. So these are five cars that sold mm-hmm. for the best price. Uh, screaming deals on these vehicles. Okay. Screaming. And we unanimously picked ah. this over the top sellers. Yeah. Yes, we did. Because we don't care about the top sellers. Yeah. That's no, like it's Doug Miro. We don't care about the hyper cars. We care about the cool stuff that it's people got good prices on. Buy low, sell high, arbitrage with cars, carbitrage. This is the carbitrage way. Nice. Um, <laughs> so the first car I want to talk about, if you scroll down just a little bit here to the 1957 Beetle, take a look at that. That is enough. Mm. Tell me, how much do you think that this sold for? Note, it is right-hand drive. Is this, it's not a split window. It's an oval window, which is just as... It's not... It, the split window is like the rarest, but the oval window is much more aware. $57,000. It is a uh, excellent condition. Average Beetle is thirty two thousand nine hundred fifty seven. Would be accurate for a right hand drive model, actually. Um, How much do you think that it sold for, though? Oh, that's that was my the, guess. I'm gonna say seventy five. I'm gonna no. Do, the, do, do, the, do, do, the buyer got the best deal on this one. Oh, the oh. buyer got the best deal. Yeah. Okay. So Jenna will win, but thirty seven. I'm sticking with my original guess. Twenty three thousand five hundred and twenty. Oh my god! Screaming deal on this. This guy can take this, own it for six months, turn around at Monterey, assuming it's still happening, and <laughs> double his investment. I was wow. going to say 25, but I didn't want to go wow. too low. That, so, I know that's a good deal. That's, that's an unbelievable deal. deal. And the fact it's right-hand drive makes it even more rare. Because there really? were not a ton of right-hand drive. Hmm. Early I thought that would have been windows. a detriment for value on those. No, not even, because hmm. the left-hand drive ones are the most common. Well, right, I get that. Yeah. But just because it's rare doesn't necessarily make it valuable. Yeah. That is true, but with these Beetles, you have the, the weirdest combination of crap to make it worth anything. Okay. All right. So let's scroll down here just a little bit to this Alfa Romeo 1965 Alfa Romeo Giulietta oh, Sprint. That That's good. Cutie so, patootie. No more than that. Uh, <laughs> halt, I say. So ah. I, I need to explain this Stop one. This one's tracks. a bit odd. Because the car was actually mislabeled at auction by Gooding and Company, which is oh, shocking. Really? Oh, my. Um, How do you do my? that? So this is the thing. It, the car is the the mislabeled as a 1965 Alfa Romeo Giulietta uh, Sprint 1300. So there's a 1965 Julia Sprint in a 1962 Julietta Sprint. Oh. But neither of them came with a 1300cc engine. What? And yeah, it was totally messed up. So this is just a, a goof up. Yeah, so it's... 1965 but, Alpha something. But yeah, so this is a thing. Regardless, it's no less attractive. I cannot give you what the market value of this vehicle would be. black or like it's a green? It's super pretty, like... Blackish bluish color. Okay. Yeah. I'm gonna guess thirty two thousand dollars. Thirty two thousand dollars? I'm gonna do thirty one. Thirty one thousand is your price is right, Eric. Yeah. It's actually forty thousand three hundred and twenty. These cars hmm. in known good condition, either one of them have a price appropriate value that's about ten percent eight to ten percent higher. Okay. Yeah. Hmm. So that's pretty cool. I'm I surprised like that. that's worth so much. I mean, it's, it's super cute, but... It's super pretty. I mean, you look at a P1800 or something of that same era, and it's like, eh, okay. This one also has a pretty decent racing pedigree. And this mm. is... Jesus, Jan. Sorry. Wow. 
Rip headphone users. <laughs> um, so let's scroll down a little bit further here to the next one. I know, right? So oh, that's good. Is that this one, oh, 3.8? Okay. It's a, it's a 1963 Jaguar E-Type <clears throat> SI 3.8 Roadster uh, Series 1, of course. Uh, it's condition number two. Seven million dollars. One second. <laughs> so good condition for these cars is ninety-two thousand dollars. Excellent condition is one hundred eighty-six thousand dollars. This vehicle went unsold in Arizona last year at one hundred twenty thousand dollars. What do you think the spot is sold for? Okay. Eighty-three. Seventy-five. Eighty-seven thousand three hundred and sixty. This dude took an L on this car by not taking that one hundred twenty thousand dollar bid. But he can declare it as a tax loss. And yeah. the, the longer I go, the less I care about making money on cars. Yeah. Because if true. you lose money on it, you just write it off on your taxes. It doesn't matter. That's a good point. That's nice. Um, all right. So scrolling Carbitrage down. top tip. This one. Right, if you're wealthy enough. Is a relative Oh, it's deal. a 300 Roadster. 300 too, SL. 190. 300 Ooh. SL Roadster. The one you want. Um. Of course, that 1. being one point two five million. Once I should say that being said, the one the one ninety Roadster, the Merce- the nineteen fifty seven Mercedes one ninety SL Roadster. Mm-hmm. If you have one of those and you're driving up the PCH, you don't care that it's not a three hundred SL Roadster. God no, it still rolls. It's the same car with a slightly <clears throat> worse Look at engine, that cutie a significantly patootie. worse engine, and like, you're and you're still getting passed oh. by a Sienna of very unhappy people. Was <laughs> <laughs> oh, that a two GR right here? It is a perfect the, vehicle. These have the cutest little faces. And these are like, perfect. why would you be mad on the PCH if this was slowing you down? There this is, is a, a perfect vehicle. There's one that looks just like this in this color down here. It's I a know. 190. And it's yes, just I've seen that one. Um, I cry every time I see it. So this car, before you scroll down, the, um, <laughs> the so in 2016, this car sold for $825,000. 25% the below the good value so at the time. <laughs> yeah. Um, at Amelia <laughs> Island this year, um, I will not tell you its price, but the current number three condition value is $960,000. I'm sticking with my 1.2. And this looks nicer current, than a condition three car. The condur- yeah, I know. The current number <clears throat> one condition is about $1.3 million. Sticking what with my one. Do you think this one sold for nine hundred and ten thousand dollars? Nine hundred and ten. I'm sticking with my one point two. One point two million? No. <gasps> Seven hundred and fifty-eight thousand five hundred dollars. <laughs> what? <laughs> it is, this car We're is both way off. <laughs> just a little. Like, un poquito. This is the world's I most was affordable. Sixty thousand dollars off, still. <laughs> Seriously, that no, you're fine to assume. I you thought got. it was this good price, with one point two. Uh, hundred. It's a seven hundred fifty-eight thousand dollars. That's <clears> how much <throat> a barn find one of these that doesn't run is worth. So if you what find, type oh, the, of the roadsters aren't worth these much. People, like... The roadsters are worth thirty-five percent less than the. I'm Gullwing. amazed it's not more than that in a, a golf or whatever. But I mean, at the end of, again, that's the thing. At the end of the day. Look what you're in. I understand, but the uh, the roadsters don't have pedigree. No, it's they're true. just awesome cars. They are awesome. cars. But this engine, I mean, yeah, three hundred. These are worth so much more than one nineties. It's ridiculous. So, yeah, uh, let's okay. go into this three thirty G. Oh, this car. This car that somebody the decided painted gold one. Somebody decided to paint this car brown. <laughs> 
<laughs> so if I remember correctly, one second, I believe this car actually was a really good color originally. Um, it was. I thought it was red. No, nope. it was like red or something. Know, or no, it was I... silver, wasn't it? No, it was Why black. Would you it do was that? black. It makes oh, okay. it look like a fish. So, all right, catfish. I am my catfish. Two more of these sold at Amelia Island this year. The prices that the other two sold for were one point nine eight five million and one point seven one million. Two hundred fifty thousand. That's what I would say. What do you think this one sold for? It is the car is actually, barring the paint change, it's number two condition. The paint change. Kept it from being. I'm gonna say $150,000. You guys aren't giving enough credit. It sold for $1.475 million. Why? But that's the thing. That paint job cost the owner of this car. This is the world's most expensive paint job. That's a $400,000 paint job that that guy just decided to make. This guy painted. I cannot tell you how little I care about that car. <laughs> yeah, if you're Somebody, listening to this stream, you gotta go and look. You at really have to look, look up Bonham's Amelia Island 2020 lot 153. 1967 Ferrari 330 GTS in beige. It is. Desert San Mica beige. <laughs> its actual color is Oro Chicaro, which is light gold, which is the exact color of a 1997 Toyota Avalon. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That is the worst color in it's the a world. It's grandpa color. <laughs> like, I, and I'm usually okay this with grandpa colors. This car blends colors, into hummus. Not only yeah. did this car sell for the lowest price of any Ferrari 330 sold in 2020, it was the worst price that anybody's ever gotten for a 330 in 2019, 18, 17, 16, 15, 14, 13, all the way back to recession time 2012. This is the last <laughs> time somebody's ever bought a Ferrari 330 GTS for this little amount of money because some guy decided, I want to paint my car beige. What a horrible decision. <laughs> wow. If he had painted it Rosso Corsa, I bet it would have made money on it. Yeah. Oh, guaranteed. But oh my So top tip to whoever bought this terrible looking vehicle. This abomination. This is a really oh. bad with your version Ferrari of a really catfish. great car. Oh, that's the end of them. Okay. But yeah, so Good, that, that was the paint. last one. But that was. Wow, what a way to end that. God, <laughs> don't paint your Ferrari. <laughs> just don't do it. Whatever color it is, leave it like oh that. Oh, my like, God. Just, <laughs> seriously, if you've got like a, a hearing aid beige Ferrari, as long as it came that way. To, to, you know, to be fair. Going back to that 300 SL thing, the guy that bought that beige Ferrari 330, he still has a Ferrari 330. He's great. Still, he has a mediocre old Ferrari. Well, I mean, that was one of the best Ferraris of the era. It's great. just the worst one in the world. But like that—that's a arbitrage way to buy an old Ferrari. <laughs> buy the dumbest one. To you be can. on the receiving end of that transaction, absolutely. Yeah, then like, you can go through and take it to Mako and paint it black again, and you're good. With a Mako paint job, you'll be, you'll be thrilled. <laughs> as long as you jam it, it's fine. Well, you know what's actually really nice? That guy probably bought that car, and he probably drives it from Los Angeles all the way to Monterey Car Week on that's, the PCH. That's true. If you get rock chips on that, who cares? <laughs> it's a good thing. Who you, cares? By putting rock chips in that paint, you're saving yourself money from sandblasting that paint off. Later. Exactly. You are saving <laughs> hours of labor to undo that nasty-ass paint job. Oh, my God. It is so ridiculous. That was the worst paint job I've ever seen. All right. 
Anyway, let's talk about... C8 Corvettes? Sure, why not? Yeah, the mid-engine Corvette, we finally have it. So, okay, I want to start actually not with the C8 Corvette, but okay. a topic that's very controversial amongst not only car enthusiasts, but anything with an engine, especially brand new. So you've all heard about break-in periods, right? Yes. Yeah. You buy a brand new engine. There's a manufacturer recommendation. It's like try not to exceed 50% throttle. Vary your engine speed between two and 4,000 RPM for the first 500 or 1,000 miles. There are two schools of thought on this. One is obey it fervently, and the other one is ignore it and send it. Oh. The reason why I bring that up is the Corvette, the new one, the C8, the mid-engine one, it actually prevents you from using the full power or rev range electronically until you hit 500 miles. Oh. That's so great. There's actually a GIF right here of a C8 crossing over 501 to 502 miles, and you can see the red line change from 4,500 to 6,500. Huh. So the thing is, they don't require an oil change to do this. They just want you to drive it 500 miles, and then it's good. So back in the old days, they're like, okay, baby it, do this, whatever, vary the speed, no excessive load, change the oil, then beat on it. Or there's people, especially with like snowmobiles and quads, just like full send, just like seat the rings this in also hard. This only revs to 5,500 RPM. Oh, 6,700. Oh, okay. So you're I wonder if that yellow line goes away after you do your oil change. Uh, that's a good question, but I doubt it. The yellow line is get rid of the okay. Get rid of the mayonnaise. Just leave the ketchup. Okay. Yeah. If I want to send her to the ketchup, just let me do it. Yeah, exactly. Okay, but anyway, this is is cool. Yeah, this is actually really it cool. It is they did cool that. that they can do that. But. I mean, it, I would be a little angry if I bought a brand new vehicle and I couldn't just immediately go do like burnouts and donuts. Yeah. But like for warranting something like that, I totally Makes get it. Sense. Oh yeah. And Makes sense. I think that's a pretty good idea. That's not, and, bad, not a bad idea at all. And I actually wish I could implement this onto vehicles that I service yeah. for, like, clutch changes, yeah. rod bearings. Oh, yeah. Yes. Like, if I could limit your engine to 4,000 RPM for the first 1,000 miles with electronics, I would absolutely do that. Because I don't want to warranty your dumb behavior. Yeah. yeah. So, exactly. Anyway, You I should guess. charge <clears throat> twice as much for the second time you have to do it. So, well, I don't warranty my jobs. So oh, good. I don't have to. I have one more vehicle from Amelia Island I want to talk about. Okay. This one's kind of a ridiculous one. I don't have a photo of it because I brought this up on my computer because I was fine. just thinking about it. Um, the 1978 Bay Window Volkswagen Transporter Campmobile. That is the, okay. a long name. That's like 80s Japanese long. It's a it's a Bay Window Westie. Okay. Yeah, right. if, if you can get an idea of that. Bay Window Type 2 Westie. Bill's van. Exactly Bill's van. Okay. But in flawless condition. Somebody, so, somebody paid a record price for it. I'm going to tell you, the price guide at Haggerty says 5200 to 34000 between barely drivable condition to perfect condition. Best one in the world, $34,000 is what they're saying, right? For a, for a Westie, which is fair. Which is that seems high low, but okay. That, well, I mean, for a bay window, like, this is not a special vehicle, really. I guess that's a late one, right? Yeah. But. It's like, yeah, it's the best to drive, but, I mean, like, it's the worst to look at and the worst to, like... It's, it's a good parts common. vehicle yeah, it's, it's yeah. to retrofit an early one. It is what it is. <clears throat> That's what it is. Um, <laughs> Great. Great bed so hedging. What do you think this one sold at? Record price. So $34,000 is the top recommended price. Usually. Is this a good deal? Uh, for the seller. Okay. <laughs> 41. 58 to 5. 
Jana's the closest. Wow. But she's still low. $61,600. I was so your, close. How much was your Ferrari? 50 even. You could buy a Ferrari and then do the service on it for that price. Yeah, at a dealer. Yeah. <laughs> like, this is a dumb decision. This is a really dumb buy. Whoever bought this should feel bad for themselves. Because this vehicle is worse in every way than a Vanagon. This thing sucks. And an F-355 spider. It's also beige wait, wait, wait. shit green. Like, it's just the worst color. It's a... It's a, it's Bill's Westie in perfect condition, which Wait, Bill's a West, we- yeah, a Westie, like a Westphalia. Westphalia. Bill's van, his Insert beige van. man blinking gif. Yeah. GIF. So, but this is the thing, my boss's van makes sense at his price point because that's like a twenty thousand dollar van, and that van is a screaming deal for a cool retro camper. Yeah. At twenty grand. Sixty one? Hell no! That's insane. That's unbelievable. Has it been retrofitted with a closed no. Subaru engine? No. Yeah, then I don't care. It's all original. It's really Screw- dumb. Oh, no. All original? You're going to have to put like 20 grand into that thing. Yeah, yeah. He has to Thelma and Louise that thing. Yeah, seriously. Like, I'd drive it off a bridge, too. Like, <laughs> I really don't like Westies. Like, I, I, the Type 2 Volkswagen is one of my least favorite vehicles in the world. TIL. Yeah, it's... Really is just the worst. Oh my gosh! And it's just because everything that that vehicle does, a Vanagon does better in every way. Everything so you like, can do, I can do. Every better. time you talk about like a Volkswagen van, I just assume you're talking about a bus because mm-hmm. like that's two. the only one anybody should care about. Yeah. And so then all of a sudden, the reality comes that you're not talking about one, and um, I'm like, wait, what? Well, I, I am. I'm talking about the Type Two, the van, Bill's van, this one. Here. Oh, so you're talking about a Type 2. Okay. I yeah. thought you were talking about, like, a Vanagon. No, no. I'm saying a, a Vanagon is a better deal. Because you can get a, the best Vanagon in the world is $40,000, has AC, has fuel injection. Yeah. Has, like... A diesel Eurovan manual. That's where it's at. Uh, mm, no, because then, then you have biodegradable wiring everywhere, including the doors, which come completely apart. And the dash. You also have coolant issues, way worse than the Vanagon. Because you have to remove the dashboard. The dashboard takes about 10 hours to remove. Um, especially with the heater core. Okay, is, don't buy a Volkswagen van. Yeah, yeah just don't. The, if you're going to buy one, buy a van again. And then if you really are smart, buy a Toyota Hiace. See, ever since like, I was that's like. That's the one you should buy. Or a Sprinter conversion yeah, van. Like, what, was the, what was that German Ford the Hyman? van? Yeah, the Hyman. Yeah. Buy a Hyman. Yeah, the German Ford van. I do have to say, like, nostalgia reasons, <laughs> I would love a, 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 a bus. like A, a split window, yes. Yes. But, like, I wouldn't drive it. I would have it in a garage, you, and it if, would be a fancy living room. Hey, if this is a split window and somebody paid $61,000, great deal. But the fact that this is... You don't th- drive This is basically... Things. Somebody just told you that they paid... $40,000 for an M3 coupe. E36? And it's an E36. Automatic. That's what you're getting. Well, actually, this one's not automatic. I just worked on a Boston Green 98 four-door yeah. last night. Like, a nice enough car, but it's got scratches, yeah. nothing special. Dude's like, yeah, I paid eleven grand for it. I'm like... You you what? What? Yeah, that's how much I go for what? now. What? Yeah, it's it's uh... a... Insane I mean, price. It's, it's a nice enough car with a good detail. It would look yeah. nice, but I'm just like, you bought this when they were not worth seven or eleven so grand. This, <laughs> this is a, a good way to actually describe it for people that don't understand vans. Is so the the split window, the original 
the windows desirable fold out, one. The super desirable one, the Sambas. Especially if you've got a 23 window. Yeah. yeah. Those one, those are the E30 M3s, right? Those are the ones you really want, but you can't afford. The E36 is the bay window. The one that's mechanically pretty close. It's kind of cool. People take a lot of photos of it, but it's not that great. The, I have an idea. The Vanagon is the E46. That's where it gets everything right. You're yeah, okay. comfortable. That's a very yeah. good analogy for me. It's, it's comfortable. It's an E36 plus. Yeah, <laughs> it, it's, it's comfortable. It's reliable. It's well-made. It's, it's well-made. It's not over-engineered. Yeah, exactly. That $350 E46 still drives better than any E36. And then the E90 is the Eurovan. It can be good, but when an E90 goes wrong... It can really, really go wrong. The okay. 90s are pretty solid, except for that electric water pump. That's what I mean. Is the really good idea. So everybody's nostalgic for the Volkswagen mm-hmm. bus, right? Pretty much true. Yeah. Get one of those coach-building skateboards mm-hmm. and build your own. Or just, I mean, I don't know how or much of it's wiring, how much of it's drivetrain. I'm guessing a lot of it is drivetrain and brakes and shit like that. It's probably not the engine primarily. Two. On like a Type 2. Yeah, it's kind of everything around it. It's it's the whole thing. Okay, but I mean, you <laughs> it's, can, it's you can swap everything. a reliable flat four into one of those. No you problem. Really but you that's not can. the main issue. The main issue on these, well, so this is the issue with the bay windows. Seventy two, seventy three, had a different brake system. Seventy four. The later ones had disc. Oh yeah, trust me. This is where I'm getting weird. Okay. Seventy two, <clears> seventy three had disc brakes. 74 had disc brakes that don't swap to a 72. 74 also had a 1,700cc engine in it. 75, you now have the Type 4 engine. You, have, you can lift up the, uh, the maintenance compartment. You have different brakes and a different front end now. 76, 77, 78, you'd have a different front end from the 75 with different suspension. How has Volkswagen always ruined vehicles? See, this know. is why I'm saying. The, I'm going to tell you the differences mechanically on a split window now 54 you have the little overhang that goes over the windshield yep. and now has a vent in it sure um 61 or sorry six, 63 you now have 12 volt electrical nice that's pretty early for 12 volt and you also have a picked three carburetor <laughs> instead of a picked one and then you have disc brakes now nice and then it's the same that's it it's very simple it, there's some other minor changes, but it's not like the type. It's not like the the bay window where every year is different than the other year. Oh, so and none like of the, the parts are available. It's like the the XJ in the 80s. Yeah, yeah seriously. Every year was like, well, we ran out of AMC steering columns, so now it's a Chrysler column. It's exactly that. Now what? it's a completely different what? steering system. What? Yeah. Well, yeah. It's the only part we could find. Like, well, what's the part number? Like, we don't actually know. Oh my god. We just bought a pallet of them. Yeah. We made it work. Seriously, you have to the. The way, like, this is why, like, I'm always stressed out at work, like, when I have yeah. a bunch of ads. How did anyone service one of those before the internet with forums, where people knew random shit by pictures? This is why me- metric auto parts, <clears throat> that's <throat> why they had two stores in the Twin Cities, because that one store did, it was just full van shit. Metric is great. So, with Vanigans, you have the air-cooled Vanigan up till 83, oh then you have the 1.9, and then you have the 2.1, and then all the suspension's the same all across the board, the only thing they changed was engine displacement, and then they added a cooling system. That's it. And then the Eurovan just sucks across the board. So 
There we go. Stupid 90s German biodegradable <laughs> harnesses. It really ruins the Euroman. <clears throat> uh, I, the, Scott's Sweet Euroman is perfect, though. So he has nothing to worry about. It's just once it goes wrong, it really goes wrong. Well, it's an auto. Well, they all are. All of your sixes, sixes are, yeah. yeah. But then you have to deal with the world's so you, worst five So if you don't like somebody with one yeah. of those, you train a pack <clears throat> of squirrels? You don't have to train them. You they TD, just come to it. You TDI Because it, it tastes like sugar. <clears throat> so squirrels go bananas <laughs> under the hood. <laughs> Seriously, I had an entire I had a Eurovan with an entire wiring harness that had been completely devoured by squirrels because t- they thought it was sugar. Because it, it's a sugar that they use for the plastic, so it literally tastes like sugar. You don't know why you would though. try to build a car Volkswagen, out of anything biodegradable. Stop making cars. Just the worst. Just, just stop, stop it for the safety of everyone. I think that's our top tip. For or the just week. like pick, just make the buzz for the yeah. rest of eternity. Yeah, that's it. That's on like somebody Take. paid sixty one thousand dollars for this. This awful, Take your iconic awful vehicles, the oh bug, God. and the bus, and make, and them, make them electric, and then be, call That's it a day. Just, you're not allowed to do anything else, because you're going to ruin it, because you always do. Every time there's a, an ID platform Volkswagen article, I'm like, how are they going to ruin this? Mm-hmm. This is why I don't have faith in this company. Like, you now understand, because I deal with this, these vans all the time. Like, Back in the 90s, like, I don't want a timing belt. I want a timing chain so it lasts forever. And Volkswagen's like, <laughs> we'll do give you, you a timing chain. Do you really? We're going to make you wish you had a belt, okay? <laughs> You're going to wish. We're going to drive the water pump off the timing chain. We're going to make it out of really thin, shitty pop metal. It's going to be a one-layer chain. We're going to run tap water in the crankcase for oil. Our, our mm. guides that are quite literally this long yeah. it's about what a little over a foot yeah probably in a 2.0 yeah they are gonna be about oh one God. foot long and you're gonna be about one centimeter wide and one centimeter deep and they're gonna have no bracing and be made entirely out of plastic no thank you that will get rubbed apart by the timing chain oh and we're gonna put it smashed up against the transmission too oh yeah not so on it the takes, front side so <laughs> it takes 18 hours just to get to the damn thing <laughs> And we're going to call it the Eurovan. <clears throat> yeah. Anyway, that's, that, that's my thing on vans. <laughs> so thank you for listening. <laughs> yeah, we're, we're what, what did we learn? We all learned that Volkswagen really um, should keep it simple. Uh, I'm getting money back for my trip, so that's good. You learned that. That's it, good. But... Awesome. I learned that. It, it was a very vague, <laughs> vague and confusing email that I've I've received so many vague and confusing emails from Normandale that I have deleted my school email off my phone because I am sick of it. I now carry a secondary phone just for work email. Yeah. But I also made them buy me a really nice phone, so. That's good. Do you have three phones now? No, I'm going to this uh, Verizon phones. Fun fact: If you buy one under contract, they unlock automatically after 60 days. So after yeah. 60 days, I'm going to put my AT&T SIM in this phone, oh. put all my personal shit on the nice new iPhone 11 Pro, then I'm going to swap my 10 for the SE, and I'm going to oh. use that for the work phone. Clever. So. Well, anyway, thank you for listening. Uh, yeah, we'll catch you guys next week. Bye-bye. Bye bye. Bye bye. I was.